Yeah. I mean, we are in sales, and it, it, you know, it's I I always talk like I think this is one of the hardest jobs that you can have because you have to put a deal together. Yes. And that can eat up a lot of your day, <clears throat> and therefore you don't go out and sell. Yeah. Right. And and the balance that you and I always talk about. You know, when you get up in the morning, you open up a file, you find problems, right? And what does it do to your day? It wrecks it. It derails your day, right? You're you're not out there doing it. Now, instead of you running the day, the day is running you. All right, welcome to another episode of the Context of Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, always here with the amazing senior John Jones. What's up, B-Love? Hey, welcome back from vacation. Thank you. Fantastic time. Yeah? (laughs) Enjoyed it, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed some vacation. So, came back to a different situation, right? Yes, It's it's kind of a rough week, right? We've gone through in the mortgage business, probably, you know, this is, um, I'm seeing some comments that it may be uh, similar to uh, probably back in uh, 2008. Yeah, so so put some context into it. Today that we're recording up is June 14th. So we're in the second week of June. Um, and uh, we've seen a pretty big sell-off on mortgage-backed securities, which have rates escalating pretty quickly. That started with uh, the CPI numbers on inflation that came out on Thursday. And man, it's just tumbled and tumbled and tumbled. And we'll see what tomorrow brings as the F- FOMC minutes will come out um, tomorrow at 2.30. But to your point, you know, you're just saying, hey, we're, we're entering a market that we haven't been in in a long time. Um, I think, you know, I, I started in the business in April 2007. You've been in it much longer than me. So... Um, what I say to that is like, there's a large number of loan originators out there right now who have been through a shifting market that we're seeing right now. And, and that group's going to know how to weather the storm. And uh, so what I would say to, to those who have never been through a market shift like we're in right now, you know, make sure that you're you're aligned with people who have been down this road before and who are going to help you, you know, get through it. So with that, I just figured, John, we would have a little bit of a conversation. I, I think that there's um, a couple of things we can be doing right now as we move into this market shift um, that LOs can do right now to, to, to actually grow their business. So I'll just throw out some stats real quick. Um, in May, mortgage rates rose to the highest levels that we've seen since 2009. Now, they've gone up about a point just this week. That stat may go back even further. I, the first mortgage I ever closed was seven percent in two thousand seven. Okay, we're we're getting close. We're get we're, we are fast fast approaching that number, right? Yeah. So thirteen years, we're at the highest rates we've seen in thirteen years. Um, also, mortgage purchase applications have fallen to the lowest levels since two thousand and eighteen. So that's the lowest levels we've seen in four years. Um, you know, we're just seeing a lot less buyers come into the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had for the better part of a year longer um, a, a serious inventory problem that has made homes appreciate at record levels. Now we're seeing record level of rate increases, and what's that going to affect um, home affordability? Right. And so yeah. we're, we're seeing less and less buyers enter the market. I, I had an interesting conversation um, with a, with a good dear friend of mine. I'll, I'll give him credit, Jared Rutherford, um, a couple of weekends ago. Him and his wife run an amazing real estate team. He's actually been on this show before. Mm-hmm. And so I said, hey, Jared, like, tell me about what's going on in the market right now. And in the first quarter of 
this year, you would put a home on the market on a Thursday, and by Sunday, you'd have 20 overpriced offers. And he's like, yep, that's accurate. I said, so today, you put a home on the market on Thursday, and by Sunday, you've got six offers all at ask. And he's like, no, that's not the market we're in at all. I'm like, well, what market are we in? He goes, I listed that home on Thursday, four weeks ago, and it's not under contract yet. Yeah. Right? And so I think we're seeing the very beginning stages of the market shifting. (laughs) And hey, like if you were a seller, you probably missed the top of the market. I would say, I would agree with that. You know, four four to six weeks ago. Right. Right? Yep. Um, So with all of that said, I don't say any of that to provide doom and gloom, right? This is still a great market. A lot of people earned their stripes and grew their business to their highest levels in a market like this. And John, I think you and I have some things to talk about that can help people do that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the things... um, you know, if you were a buyer out there and you were, um, you know, the, the last really two years, right? It's been it's been a struggle to try to get under contract mm-hmm. now, and 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 as we shift away from a seller's market to a more level, and even towards a buyer's market, you know, the opportunity for you to bid on a home, yeah, a home that you actually want, yeah, um, and, and you get it at true appraised value, right? Yep. I mean, that's huge in itself. Shoot, you might even see seller concessions come back into the market before the end of the summer. Hundred percent. I mean, as you drive around, like I, you know, I was on vacation, but um, you know, just in the last, you know, three days back here in Florida, and and speaking to folks all over the state, open houses, right? I mean, something that kind of disappeared for the you know good eighteen twenty four months. I'm seeing them everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they're they're popping up, and uh, like you said, like Jared, um, properties are sitting on the market and they're not going under contract. You know. Like they used to, it's, yeah. it's going to be an interesting shift, for, you know, for you realtors that are newer in the business. Um, you know, now you actually have to market the property and you know do the open houses and mm-hmm. and be realistic. I think the conversations are going to get tough with home sellers that at this point still want top dollar. Mm-hmm. You know that that philosophy we went through back oh four. It's going to take six, them right? longer to like my they to sold accept. it for this, so mine's worth this. Yes, you know in the market, like you said, we could have leveled off, and we may even see it. You know, a little bit of a trickle backward. Yeah, well, yeah. I think right now for sellers, what you're going to see is they're they're not going to be quickly ready to accept that reality. Yeah, that they're not going to get a, in a bit over ask. And in fact, there's probably homes on the market right now that you might see price reductions on because agents had a hard time convincing the seller not to put it what on the, the market is, for right? it. Yeah. So, so hey, let's let's jump into it. Okay. So, um, the first thing that I think a loan originator should be doing in this shifting market right now is that you have got to build a fortress around what you have. And to me, that's two pillars, a fortress around your referral partners, your existing referral partners. And I think you got to build a fortress around the buyers that you're pre-approving to. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. You know, so I mean, now more than ever, you should always be doing this, by the way, regardless of the market. Yep. I mean, you should have a plan, you know, of what you do Monday through Friday as a loan officer and that, you know, whether, you know, that should involve, you know, your top 20, 30, 40 realtors Mm -hmm. that you have a plan how you contact or connect with them on a weekly basis, certainly every other week, Um, just doing a check-in and update where the market's going, new programs, products, what they're doing, how homes is selling, just general information. But you need to, you need to foster and always maintain and build on that relationship. Um, Many of us in this business, as busy as we were, you're not calling your agents, yes. right? You're waiting, you know, you know, so it, it, when it's frothy like that, you're mm-hmm. just, you're taking orders. 
um, you know, you're trying to keep up, you mm-hmm. know, with, with the demand, and um, and you're not checking. Hey, Brian, man, how, how you doing over there? I haven't heard from you in six or eight weeks. Yeah, you know, you you working? You know, you sending business elsewhere? I mean, you need to have a plan to not let those agents, you know, basically get recruited mm-hmm. from somebody else in the business trying to, you know, win, win that deal. Yeah, I mean, we are in sales, and it, it, you know, it's I I always talk like I think this is one of the hardest jobs. That you can have because you have to put a deal together. Yes. And that can eat up a lot of your day. <clears throat> and therefore, you don't go out and sell. Yeah. Right. And, and the balance that you and I always talk about, you know, when you get up in the morning, you open up a file, you find problems. <laughs> right. And what does it do to your day? It wrecks it. It derails your day, right? Now, you're, now, you're not now, out there doing it. Now instead you know, of you running the day, the day is right. running you. You're supposed to maybe have a BNI networking group at lunch, and now you're sideways because a deal's got a condition or two yeah. that you're trying to clear a fight through, and you may blow it off, right? Yeah. So little things like that, you've got to find that balance and, you know, and be actively always engaging and re-recruiting Mm-hmm. your top 20, 30, 40 agents. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you make a great point about, you know, the point was, hey, put a put a hedge of protection or build a fortress around your existing referral partners. And like you just said it, you got to be re-recruiting them, reminding them why they're working with you. Um, I think there's a couple of things you got to do for that. Um, you know, again, the, the ones that are your top referring agents, you really need to be in contact with them on a regular basis. Don't wait for them to call you with a referral. By the way, those are also the agents I would make sure that I'm supporting on their open houses. 100%. Right? Yep, when, yep. when they've got an open house, make sure that you're showing up, you're trying to find ways to, to add value, um, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. But you, you all know who your top referring agents are, and I, you got to do what you've got to do to build a fortress. Around I mean, and this is a fun business, too, right? It it's, not, it's not just all business, but I mean, you know, when I go back to when I originated, Many of my top agents became some of my closest friends and dearest <coughs> friends. You yes. know, I mean, I did things business-wise, but also on a personal level. And if you're newer in this business and you've been, it's transactional and maybe not personal, maybe it's time to think about, am I doing business with people I actually like and, and wanted to continue to do business with? Mm-hmm. If you, you and I have talked about this multiple times, if you get into the friend zone, mm-hmm. Right. That's how you maintain it. It becomes easy. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not it's not robotic. You're just, hey, let's 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 go to a ball game. Right. Yeah. You went out with Jared for dinner last night. You know, you're in your your friends. Yeah. Right. Somebody you want to hang out with and outside of work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the other thing that you've got to build a fortress around is is the pre-approvals that you are doing. Right. The the leads or the at bats that you're getting. Um, there's a lot of things out there that can derail tri- trigger leads. Right. Um, we know that. You know, there's, there's folks out there hammering those trigger leads. Uh, but two, right now, it's taking longer for a borrower to find a home, right? So there was a day, let's go way back in the rewind, that two you weeks, would, right. you know, from the time you pre-approved a buyer to them being under contract was two weeks. Today, that could be five to six weeks. A lot could happen in five to six weeks if you're not staying in front of those borrowers while they're in the home shopping process. Yeah, I mean, you talked about trigger leads. So we all know if you're in the industry out there now, credit the credit agencies are selling leads. The second we pull credit mm-hmm. and take a pre-approval, there's four or five other lenders that are buying that yeah. lead. And they're trying to contact that buyer, right, you know, and get them over to their team, so to speak, you know, offer them maybe a discount, a little better rate, just in general, a new program or product that we didn't, you know, talk to the customer yeah. about. But you've got you've got to have a plan where you're, again, you know, no different than realtors. You should have a weekly check-in with your pre-approved and outlookings, right, mm-hmm. and make sure you're staying in contact over that five, six, eight, 12-week period. Yeah. 
we, we know many uh, in the industry went through that at the beginning of the year, right? We entered January of 2022 with rates at three and a quarter, <laughs> right? And, and, and to your point, it's taking six, eight weeks sometimes to get on the contract. And by the beginning of March, we were up in the mid to high yeah. fours and even closer to five. Yeah. So if you weren't communicating what was happening in the market, can you imagine that phone call? They when feel they like you bait and switched under, them. Right. Yeah. You mm-hmm. lied to me back in January, and now you're quoting me four and three quarters or five yeah. and a quarter? That's there, Listen, wh- regardless of whether you were right, which you were, by the way, it's not like you, you weren't bait and switching them. Correct. But they're going to feel like they were. They're, they're going to shop they, you. They're going to have to shop yeah, you they're at that time. You, yeah. So, I mean, it's important to... You know, um, you know, engage your customers that are out looking, and and something else that I think you you've got to you've got to care about them. I mean, one yeah. of the, like like why are you buying the home? What what's the reason you're going? You're not going to rent. It's your first time. How exciting it is for the family going into the home. How important it is to have four bedrooms, mm-hmm. right? They have three children, and their goal is to have a fourth, you know, four bedroom yeah. house. And, uh, and and as rates go up and the frustration level increases when they're trying to find that right home. You've got to be there so they understand what that end dream actually, how it started, like it. Mm-hmm. and not going back to that three-bedroom apartment yeah. or the two-bedroom apartment with somebody living on a couch. Ooh. So you've got, to, you've got to be salesy a little bit and, and make sure you understand what their why is as to, to, to moving into the new home. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's talk about point number two, okay? Hit it. Point number two, do everything in your power to maintain...